0: Good evening and welcome everyone to another program with your host Mordecai Weinberger and Tara Nissen where we look forward to creating a mental health awareness. We always have a couple little requests. Request number one is to be aware that this is a mental health program and we're here to create awareness, and therefore we're not able to share details of what to do and to take and to assume that this is actually going to help or tell you something that you're going to get out of it with just an awareness. It's not meant to actually do it for therapy. Second little awareness is that if you're under 18, please just get your parents permission to call up to ask your question, as well as to be aware that once you ask your question, once it's on, we will not be able to remove it. And, of course, we always thank everyone for being so brave for calling up and sharing and creating a mental health awareness. The number to call up to please call, we appreciate the live call, is a 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward, if you can ask your question. So again, 718-683-5858. And they're missing, the, what is the text number where people can text in? 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And of course we always go for the live callers Yes. So again, 718-683-5858 And we look forward to taking your questions
1: uh, Mordecai, I know that yeah. we're coming to Pesach Passover, Pesach, whatever And we, I, you know, got, I got a, a few questions for uh, parents and uh, spouses About certain situation in the house and one of the, the major, it's, it's not only in Pesach or in any holiday, it's the general running the house old and how it's, how it's to, I don't know. And we're talking about a lot of the personality, uh, you know, borderline personality disorder and, yeah. but it's reached a point that basically that, uh, it's, I give example like, like, uh, one of the spouse is very neat and the other side is very messy. And the problem is... Okay, this is you can work with... But the problem that we suffer... Is basically the children. The children... Can't go to school... Not so... Tight, you know, not so clean... Sometimes a little bit smelly... And the the, the spouse... Don't know what to do. Yeah. How how to... And now with, with, with Pesach cleaning... And stuff like this... It drive the spouse very, very annoying, and it the the person don't know how to to act. what was the recommendation and you know I, I always we, we're always talking about it, but very, very important to this sp- sp- specific couple
0: I'll tell you because there are never simple answers, but I'd like you to share with people a story. That someone, that their spouse, let's say, had OCD and also had a personality disorder. And what was what happens is, just to give an idea, if someone has OCD in cleaning, and with Pesach or the worry about chametz, because many people don't understand what happens, and this could be either the husband or the wife. So I've heard of cases where someone does badikas chametz for about four nights. Can you imagine... Their expectation that the wife should have the house pay something three, four nights before, and then the husband is doing badikas khametz. How about another scenario where the wife takes every single pot and she'll remove every single handle from the pot with a screwdriver and then put them back. But when I say removing it, imagine your pot's removing it. It's never as strong and it's always shaking. So half the houses, and when they're put back, they're never put back that strong. So you're always having now every pot in your house doesn't work well. Now these are the little stuff. What about the OCD that whatever the kids are doing, brush yourself off, brush yourself off again, brush yourself off again. And then if you dare thought of having hummus or if you walked outside and you had a piece of bread 10 minutes before you walked in, you're coming into the house with it. This is a mental disorder. This is not... A simple situation of okay they're a little clean or they're more clean than others there's I, I know of a case where someone is not allowed to bring hobbits into their house all year long a severe OCD I'm not making this up real case and this is something that we need to recognize that OCD is a major issue if it is very strong Combined with the issue of a personality disorder where they're upset, furious, angry, the ups and the downs, it is very difficult. I know another case, what they've done is they've worked in conjunction with uh, a certain from Let's call that they had, you know, after construction, they have, like, the construction site cleanups. So what this person does is cause the wife's OCD, and her issues are so strong that if she doesn't see it, it's easier for her. So what they got, sort of like the heter with the rav, is as follows. For two days, she leaves the house. The husband takes off of work. He has an entire crew of about 10 workers there. Go ahead. And they are cleaning out the entire house. They basically explain so they take these cleaning crews. And for two days, they do everything, including they have the castering And when the wife's ready to come home, she gets a call from a rub that this rub says, I know your house is Koshula Pesach. And once she hears it from the Rav, she is okay. And don't worry, all the doubts are coming in. Maybe it was Goyim that they don't tell her if it was Goyim, they don't tell her how it happened or what was there. The only thing that they are saying is that your house, they have from the Rav, your house is kosher right now. Wow.
1: That's a good idea. but it's a, the And I'm going out to the other extreme. The, Oc- yeah. the o- OCD, the opposite side. They don't care about the cleaning. Let's put it like this, okay. and and this is like a effect. I, w- I would say affect the children very 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 much.
0: Let's go ahead and share that. Let's understand how that happened. I'm uh, not how that happened, but like exactly what you're saying about that. Let's let's understand what happens to a child's brain. And this is Olive basin in almost every workshop, at least in the teachers' training workshop, and in the parenting workshop we explain this. And children, or when we work with children that went through sometimes childhood trauma or sometimes if they have childhood neglect, emotional neglect, or even let's say their physical needs were neglectful, why it affects them? Because people go, big deal. So the mother wasn't yelling or screaming or the father wasn't yelling or screaming. You're just neglect. They just didn't look at you. So let's understand what happens to the brain. The brain, the human child, has we're pure emotions when we're born. The way we get our nurture, the way we get the care, the way we get our self-esteem, the way we get a feeling that we are something is by the connection to the parents, and that is by being held. That is by being spoken to. There's a very famous um, clip that goes around. It's not really a clip because it's a study of a Harvard professor where he's sharing It's on YouTube, but he shows a one-year-old kid, and the study is how the mother is smiling to the kid, and the kid is smiling back. And then the one-year-old points to something, and the mother looks there, and she makes it smile, wow, and you see how happy the kid is. Then after about 45 seconds of the mother doing this, she turns her head away from the kid, and then she turns her head back and she has a blank affect. Means there is absolutely no sign on her face of any emotion. And the kid right away goes smiling, <laughs> and you see like the mother keeps a blank. And then the kid starts pointing. The mother's not looking. And you see the kid starting to cry hysterically, and like waiting for a response and no response, and the kid's crying even more, and then the mother smiles, and oh, hi. And then you see the kid within let's say, three seconds from crying, smile, and is so happy. And what he...
1: You affect affect me now, I'm telling you. Yes. I just tear my heart.
0: That's right. And what he's explaining and showing is that children grow, they learn through that they learn and they grow through connection with the parents, even non-verbal connections. It means just smiling, ah, and goo-goo, and all those sounds that you make to kids, kids are smiling and they like that and they need that. Now, what happens to a child that is raised in a home where the mother is neglectful? It means when the clothing are all, to all over, they're not giving their clothing, they're not giving suppers, they're not giving food. Do you think this mother or this father looks at the kids? And now let me be blunt. What about the healthy families out there that we call ourselves healthy? But how many times are we busy on the cell phones, reading things online today, The busy with the Instagram, checking out the latest fads every single minute, that these new people, this one posted this and this one posted that, and the kids talking to you? And to take it even a step further, I was, for, Baruch Hashem, for good reasons, but at a hospital where someone had a baby, and I noticed like within... Let's say within four hours of having the baby, the mother took like six, seven pictures of the baby, Baruch Hashem, on the cell phone, which the baby is right next to them, and they're sending it around to all their friends, and they're getting all the Mazel Tov messages, and they're responding to Mazel Tov messages. And I'm looking, but you're you're not holding your baby. Your intention isn't to the baby. Yes, you got a cute picture of you holding the baby, and then the close-up of the baby's face.
1: But then you're texting. Selfie, selfie. (laughs) Yes. Just simple. And
0: this is normal. And I'm not saying Chas now to change, not to change. I'm creating the awareness that children need our attention. Children need our acceptance. Children need our validation. They're doing good. They even need us to be angry when they do something wrong. But there's a connection. When children are neglected, they are in doubt. They don't know what's happening. I've had someone that I made a referral to another therapist and they went. They did fantastic at that therapist session, but then the therapist spoke to me and said, I gotta ask you something. After they did an entire presentation, the person tells me, I hope everything I told you is really true. And she asked me, this therapist, could you explain to me, how could someone give me such a presentation about their life about all the pains and traumas that they went through and then tell me I hope what I said was true. And the answer is that this person is exactly going through what we're describing. In this person's childhood, they were never validated. In this person's childhood, whatever they said or they thought, nah, it's nothing. You're hungry, you're not hungry, now you'll eat later. My clothing's dirty? No, your clothing isn't dirty. I don't like school. You like school? School's great. Stop complaining. I just gave you everything. Be happy. Be happy what you do have. You know how many people don't even have food at all? You know how many people wish they would have clothing so we wash it once a week and instead more often, or they were even told to take a bath, and they didn't realize that they smelled until a teacher told them nicely at a certain grade, let's say in sixth or seventh grade, you know you have to take a shower at least every other day, and it's best if you take every day, especially for girls that they're so mocked with their hairs on how it looks. And unfortunately, neglect means of the child that this person you will doubt yourself you will not understand
1: what's happening and what you're going through. So what? what I, and this is really something that I really want to touch because I know I know I know that uh, somebody approached me about this issue, and uh, I t- I told the person to be basically to take some workshop about uh, uh, dealing with uh, different personality. You know, just how to to. Um, you know how to be, to act in the house because the yeah. kids, the kids is really, you know, and you know the kids are very cruel in school and just can make fun of any kids that look a little bit different, just a little bit smell different. And the they, you know, this is something that really I, I you know, just I, I want to put the awareness to the parents, you know, just so, and sometimes you want to talk with the parents face to face. And you don't want to embarrass. You don't want to create some kind, you know. But here here in the radio, we are allowed to do this and talk about it to the parents. And hopefully that's going to the right ears. Parents, be aware about what happened to you in your houses. Just check about your kids. Smell the clothing. Make them to take a shower. Don't just say, okay, now today is too cold. Don't take a shower. Don't, uh, you know. Your daughter, your son is going to approach right now, and as you say, 11, 12, 13, and then the high school, the kids are very cruel. And they push you away, the kids. You're talking about, we're talking about Shidduchim so many about Shidduchim And the minute you tag your boys or your girl, as, 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 a, I, w- I don't want like, to use the, the the word stinky, but uh, the, a, a neglect, you don't have, you know, the, 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 it's tagging them, you know. And inside himself or, or herself, it's burning them, just so that you care about them, so that you don't that even just you know what show them that you prepare the clothing for them. You know, just yeah, look, spray some good smell on them. Put it in, in the dryer twice. Don't just let it go. You know, no, it doesn't matter what 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 she or he or he wearing. It is something that I really, I'm begging to the parents, please watch it. You know, as, as you take care about yourself and look at the mirror and put all the makeup and all this kind of stuff around it, talk about your kids. Talk about your kids cannot bring friend to the house because the houses look terrible. And it's something that really, that's awareness, awareness, you know, it's really a Tell my, uh, you know, you spoke about this—the baby that the mother didn't make any emotion.
0: Yes, I looked it up. It's called the still face experiment by Dr. Edward Tronick.
1: Yeah, it's a, I'm telling you, it's 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 so it's it's it's, it's uh, we we facing it every day. You know that the cold pair people, you know, call we call the freezer that people cannot have any emotion to that, you know, just and just maybe just barking all the time and yelling at the kids. This is something that you have to break this habit to break this. I don't know where it come from, where you come, which we learn, probably we learn from from another, another, another parents or something, you know, from your parents, copy paste. And it also comes
0: from trauma. Yes. That if someone is traumatized within their life, they can't connect. No, son, they've got a child and they have to give the child love, but they're in pain. Their emotions were never healed. And I deal many times with mothers or fathers where they cry to me saying, I wish I could be a mother or a father, but how can I be a mother or father if I'm not yet a person? But Bar Hashem in our society, people do get married. We have a much higher marriage rate than anywhere else. But we need to understand that so many of us don't have the ability to do that and can't, or we need to get better.
1: And, and that the spouse dealing with this issue take a, what a workshop! Take something, learn about how to deal with with the different with the, with the, with a different spouse, different characters. Yes. It's you must, because again, again, and again, we just we know that the kids are the the they, they, they suffer a lot.
0: Yes, yes, and I would like to even take it a step further for those spouses. Don't compare yourself to others. Meaning, sometimes people say, "Look at that family." There's that husband, that father, he's working, and he's working, and he's making so much money, and he comes home, and supper's ready for him, and everything works out well. I'd like you to realize that Abhay gives everyone different in the And if you can invest, so I am asking you, I'm begging you for your priority. Your job is to work to make Parnassa, and that means that you have to bring in to pay the bills. If you don't pay the bills, the entire family will fall apart. Between a mother like that and the father not paying the bills, not having a steady job will be a disaster. Here's the but. Don't push yourself to make extra money. If you're making your parnasa, my recommendation is that's your priority and now your immediate priority is to do what Ranissa said. Learn, call up your parents, call up you or your mother, call up your sister, find out how to do the laundry. Do now the job as the mother. Do that role. I want to give so many women credit right now. And I don't want to get involved in the correct, yes, getting divorced, not getting divorced. But there were so many women that I'm aware of, because recently they've been reaching out to me and different stories for whatever reason has been coming out but women that were in terribly abusive marriages, and they had to leave because they saw it's affecting their children. And these women are working, and they barely make, as we know, a woman that works part-time or anyone that makes part-time gets paid much less than someone that works full-time. And they're working, and then they've got to come home, and then they've got to deal with all the children, and many times they've got all the children that need more time and need more money. And unfortunately, there's only so much money that there is going around, and they struggle. But they do it because they know what their children need. So to you, the father, don't put the effort in giving your kids more money. The kids need more a father and a mother. If the mother's not able to, you need to bring in the Parnassa. But right after that, make sure that you're doing like the role that a mother does. Delegate to kids. Ask. Get cleaning help. Get extra help. Make sure the kids are. Taking showers, make sure the kids are eating. Make sure the kids are doing their homework. Make sure they have friends if you can 't bring them to your house, then let the kids go to other houses and then if you have girls on a Sunday when they 're off, offer to take the girl your daughters and let 's say their friends to some place. so this way you make it up that way. but realize they need friends. Get them to places make sure they 're dressing well and well means regular normal stuff. But, yes, you can do it even as a single parent. I know it's hard, and I know it sounds impossible. Someone has shared with me a story of a mother that sort of was that way, where the husband had emotional issues, the children were, had difficult stuff, and the mother took an extra job, and she was balancing everything. And one of the children, they gave her extra pain. They didn't think she'll get married with a whole bunch of emotional stuff going on. And Bar Hashem, after years of work, they're under that chup, and the mother says, I felt like a queen walking under that chuppah. No one knows what I had to battle, what I had to do to have this healthy child walk under. And we make judgments of people on how the wedding looks and how much you spent on flowers and how much you spent on the gowns and, what, and this and that. And the real value is how much did you invest in your kids? And some of us don't have, unfortunately, so much of an answer to say how much they've invested. And some of us, can't say how much we invested, in Baruch Hashem, we see all that Kayak is paying off at the end. I'd like to just remind everyone the number to call up is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight
1: six eight three five eight five eight. Well, great. Uh, just you know, what, again, uh, this is this can, topic is, can be uh, a few shows, but you know, as 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 we know, this the show must run and and keep. Uh, do you want to answer some uh, text that we are sending?
0: ahead and take some of the text we'll okay. go from the first ones down I'm assuming it starts thank you for your great program my question is does a oh okay it starts from further on. hi thank you so much for your line and for your shows it's amazing how much awareness I get just from listening weekly I just want to know if you can make any for your great program oh, I guess it must be from a different question Oh. No, if you can make an awareness, I have a very high expectation for my husband when he is buying me presents. Is there anything you can do to create an awareness on how to lower my expectations so I can be happy with what I have and what I get? Thank you for your amazing line. Hoping you can answer my question and help. So this person has got a very high expectation on gifts that she is expecting from her husband. What can help her? What would you say?
1: Uh, I just was on the phone, so we uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so the
0: question is: This woman is saying that she has a very high expectation on the gifts that her husband should give her, and she, I guess seems like she's disappointed. What suggestion is there?
1: I, you know, what this I would say that uh, I, I don't. I, I tell you the truth; it's it's something that I I need that to think about it because definitely, definitely, see that the question like this is. Why she's expecting so much? Maybe the husband is very, very easy at Donald Trump or Rothschild, and uh, he bought a, a two dollars uh, gift, and this is the disappointing. Or she's really, really uh, coming from a different background. She's expecting from her husband that making a couple dollars a, a month to 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 buy her a Rolls Royce. So this is two two scenarios, you know. This we have to know, I have to know what, what is the real scenario. If, if the husband cannot pay more or, the, or husband can, can afford more, you know, this is something that I don't know. And basically try to see that as we talk, we spoke about the smile of the husband, you know, the, the, the affection, what is the husband or this is replacement for the, you know, I would say the, the, the physical and emotional love. That uh, you got it from your husband. And this is the, that's what you're expecting.
0: Yeah. I agree with everything you said. And I wish the answer would be that easy or that simple. And I think a lot also has to do with the nature. So I would add on what you said, family, where you come from. Maybe expectations of what your husband has. I would also add in peer pressure from your friends. What type of gifts do they have? and many times the type of friend that you have, and what gifts and what they talk about will have an effect on you. One other thing that I would also mention when we're talking about the natures is, is like the Eish Mayim Ruach Hafer that we mention in the book. Well, one of the big stuff that's important to recognize is if you're an offer ground, earth, you like presence of solidness that you can see, that you can have. And to you, it's something it's tangible. If you were the opposite nature of the Ruach, it would be in a magnificent poem that he wrote, and that would be all that you need. So one of the cute examples we didn't put in the book, but we had, or at least that I've seen is, there is a company. I don't know what this is, but they sort of, it's a Gleisha company, where, as we know, there are billions of stars. So there's a registry... To just name a star after someone, it's not done in the space. It's nothing like that. But sort of they take a picture of a star. They send it to you and say, this star is named after you. And it costs $50 or $100, whatever it should be. And, again, it's not anything in real science, but this is just what that was. So this wife wanted to have a star named after her. And the husband was complaining to me, something is wrong with my wife a star it's not even real we don't even know where it is and she wants a star named after her it doesn't make sense and she is telling the husband she went through so much she had emotional difficulties and she pulled through always knowing that there's stars out there and hashem is with us and that's her strength and she thinks about how bright these stars are like Ten times brighter than our sun, and it's a star because it's so far away, but it is brighter for us to be able to see it, Jesus. That is many times gave me the strength. And for $100, what's the big deal? And he's saying, but it's not a tangible item. Why should I throw away $100? I don't, care. I don't mind spending $1,000. He was going to spend actually a lot more. I don't mind spending tens of thousands of dollars on jewelry, but it's got to be tangible. And it was cute to see sometimes the different stuff that happened.
1: Yeah, this is, this is really cute. But I think that has are wrong or totally wrong. Four hundred dollars give a peace of mind and give it the, the right emotion. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, we see you see the text. Okay, so I don't know. Shall we take the the phone call? Uh, let, let, let's first before we take the call. Let's take. Let's see again. Announce to everyone
0: the number seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and we will take a, uh, just do another question. So we'll read this first one. Why for your great program? My question is, does it is does a codependent besides from working to break free from it, do they also have to work on their self esteem? Of course they do. So codependent, yes, on the outside looks like they have a self-esteem because they're smart, they help the whole world, but inside they don't. They only feel good when they help others, when others tell them they're good. And the minute these people, may the person that they're trying to help that sort of has big issues, doesn't value them or manipulates them or says, I'm angry at you, or you only did it for fame, or you only did it for this or that, and usually the trap works on them because they don't have the self-esteem.
1: I just want to say that the last text that I sent you, you know, it's about, uh, I feel the conversation need to balance with the f- telling the woman that it's okay sometimes not to manage. Uh, and i I just i disagree total we don't we didn't say that with the house has to be spotless and the house has to be uh you know without you know a, a crumbs and that. we talk about really function that if the kids going outside to the street. And the neighbor call you son stinky. I'm sorry to tell you, this is not a function. This is not as to be balanced. We're not talking about this situation that you have to be, uh, a, you know, a freak or cleaning freak and all of this. We're talking about really normal human being a parent that has to be, uh, function as, as a mother or as, a, or as a father. And we're not talking about, this is the awareness. I'm not talking about Hasver uh, uh, Khalilah, we're talking about this kind of balancing. That's what I disagree about, this total about, this balancing the conversation. The what fact, do you can think? Can of... read the words and see how many I wonder how these words were heard. Listen to this. Let's read the message that the person sent. Yes. I felt this conversation
0: needs to be balanced with telling women that it's okay sometimes not to manage, exclamation mark. Now listen to this. People listening can think that the laundry must, and now it's in caps lock, always be washed, dried, folded, put away, food cooked, fresh from scratch, and the house kept spotless all the time, and kids bathed every night, etc. Let's stop here. I wonder where she heard all this.
1: Let's continue.
0: I think you should be telling mothers, too, and then again in caps lock, calm down. Not expect so much from themselves and take care of themselves. You see, when we discuss in psychology or when a person comes into my office, we discuss from this in projection. Projection is what we see in the other person. And what we see in her messages, there are major issues. Again, I'm now projecting. I'm I'm making a a guess, an assumption that this woman comes from a house with great expectations on her or where she came from or currently, and she's feeling guilty. And when we say a kid is, let's say, smelling or a kid isn't taking a shower, Because this person heard messages about how they weren't doing well, that's how they're hearing it. So when I would do a session on someone, part of the intake, i say something, and it's something I didn't even say. But they start taking it to an extreme. Right away, I know what's going I have an idea, and I I presented them as a question. I want to see if my idea is correct. Were you raised in a house where there was so much perfectionism? Were you raised in a house where you're criticized for stuff that you did? Were you raised in an environment, or are you currently in an environment where what you do, they will still find a fault in that? Yes. And, that, and that's, yeah, go
2: that's, ahead, that's
1: exactly That's exactly what I, I you know, just, it, it's uh, big, bring me to talk about this, because really it's something that you see that the assumption, that make assumption that we talk about. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about a normal household we talk about the not normal the, the right. house, house that is not function that way. yes, if you're doing a laundry, let me tell you something when, when you do a laundry, you don't leave the clothing two days in the wet uh, inside the, the the washing machine. you take it out and dry it out. Yes, this are expecting from a normal human being, but when you leave it, uh, your, your clothing wet inside the, the washing machine for two days, it will be smelly. Even you dry it and wash it ten times later, it will be very difficult to take the smell.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I feel bad whoever has sent that message and how you've taken that. So I'm still glad that we're able to clarify that we're referring to balance here. But I do feel bad that that's the way you took it.
1: Okay, so let's take the uh, Mrs. M.
0: Go ahead. Let's go.
1: Hello.
2: Hello? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good evening. First of all, thank you for your program, and thank you for the awareness. And this is a very, very, very important topic in our community that a lot of people are very, very scared to talk about. And yes. when my children were growing up, and they were going sort of through puberty, I used to take each of, one of my children shopping, and I would say to them, Kindler, we're going to go shopping for soaps. You know, like Mommy uses body wash and Tati uses body wash. You're going to get, now that you're getting older, you're going to have your own body wash.
0: Wow, very
3: nice. an,
2: An experience, you know, like when you become five, six years old, you lose your teeth. This is part of life. But... Unfortunately, the schools don't talk about these things. Unfortunately, it's our responsibility as parents. How is a person supposed to be able to daven, excuse me, if they stink?
0: How could they yeah. say,
2: Abraha, if they, if they stink?
0: Beautiful. How? Thank you. Thank you for that awareness. Thank you.
2: And also... I want to remind everybody now that Pesach is coming up in a couple of weeks, in three weeks to be exact, first of all, everybody should remember Pesach is not spring cleaning. Chometz is crumbs and pasta and things like that. Dust is not chometz. Don't make Thank yourself you. crazy, people. The Chumetz yeah. that you're supposed to get rid of is if you have animosity towards any particular person, this is the time to reconcile with whoever you have uh, gripe with. That is what yeah. the Divine Shalaylam is talking about. And the, my father, Aleva Shalom would always say you always have to get rid of the Chumetz boy, the Chumetz that's in your heart. It is very very difficult to do that. And you know what? We have an unbelievable listening audience and me Amcha I'm putting everybody up out there to the challenge. I know you people can do it.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. And I hope I hope yeah. that all 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 of us all of us will take it as a consideration uh how to how to behave. And to take a responsibility to our our families and close society because Chesed starting in the house. Uh, I really, I really appreciate. It. Thank you very much. In, in <laughs> and we have a <laughs> yeah, Khay Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Oops. Yes. Yeah. seems to have gotten disconnected yes. by mistake. Yeah, and the number to call off for those of you that would like to ask a question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And it's interesting, but we always, at least I've recently told for the husbands to understand and for the wives to understand that a house does need a spring cleaning. So it does make sense that when we're doing Pesach cleaning to also get involved with the spring cleaning, because if you're already doing it, that's exactly when you, can, when you can do also spring cleaning. However, I'd like us to realize what happens when we do spring cleaning and why Pesach cleaning or spring cleaning is so hard. Basic cleaning means you take out the stuff, you take them out the drawer, you just clean the drawer, you've refold the items, and it's in there, right? Let's say you clean it, the Pesach, make sure there's no hummus. What happens during these spring cleanings or we do Pesach cleanings are we start doing the emotional stress. That means, do I need this or don't I need this? Will I need it next week or, or let's say in six months from now or not? Possibly I will need it. So should I save it? Oh, it's already three years. Can I have it? Should I still keep it or I should get or should I get rid of it? Do I need to file this? How many of us has also gone through a journal and see all those old pictures? but you haven't done anything with them, they're just there, or sometimes someone would save some newspaper clippings, whatever it should be. But at a certain time, it comes a time to throw it out. I know someone that is, let's say, doing, it's now becoming more and more popular, which I think is very good, the organizers, people that help you just to get your house organized. So I like one of the rules that one of these organizers told someone, told them, you have, let's say, five buckets of toys if you want to buy a new toy you're going to need to throw out an old one and now when the children want something they're also thinking in terms wow we're getting a very big toy we're going to have to throw out a very big toy because everything needs to fit neatly or fit into the closet and also the kids stop thinking if I'm taking what am I going to throw out now of course the kids will still sometimes cry or fetch but Part of the stress of the spring cleaning is not the actual cleaning. It's the emotions that goes along with it. It's the thinking, do I need it, should I save it? And if you're throwing out clothing or you're giving away clothing, but then you won't have it. And, you know, we all have that thought of maybe I'll use it one day. And the more we've got to start battling ourselves, the harder it is. I know someone, let's say, they can have um, boxes of certain family members and go, we really want to get rid of this. But it's a whole story. How will they come pick it up and they don't have where to store it? And all these stuff, right away, it's emotional draining. You start having, you're starting to be drained with all these separate questions, with all these separate decisions. Therefore, what makes things much easier is when you go through those memory lane drawers or stuff, do it with someone else. Do it with a sister offer for them. Can you help me just do this area? And then you need it. Usually you'll have the sister or a cousin or a spouse say, come on, you haven't done this in five years, throw it out. Give it away. So, when you have someone there and it takes away fifty percent of that emotional stress, you find it much easier to do If you find someone telling you this is this is what you 're cleaning this is what you 're going to do, it makes it so much easier. This is the rule this is what we do
1: Remote, I have one second
0: now. yes. Yes, sure.
1: So uh, then, um,
0: let's continue. The, yes. Yes,
1: yeah, just continue until I finish the uh, the phone calls, please. Sure. Thanks.
0: Excellent. And along those lines to all the women listening, so husbands I'd like you to realize how difficult it is, how really it's amazing that the husbands that the wives need to recognize or the husbands need to recognize how much emotions get put into the cleaning. So it's not the physical cleaning. Wives clean the house all the time, but it's more the emotions that get into spring cleaning. We need to now start making room in the shelves. We need to start making room and organizing, and that takes so much emotion. Now, what I would like the the women to understand what the husbands go through, and I say this, and I know too many times to women, it's what's the big deal, because we always go through this and we'll balance it out. That means when it comes before Pesach, there is not enough money, even if you are the wealthiest people, to go around for what's needed. means even if you're wealthy beyond, you still have a budget. So there are people that might spend $100,000 on Pesach. But then if you're going to allow everyone to do what they want, then the bill's going to be $120,000 for Pesach. There are those families that the bill is $3,000. And if you allow it to spend beyond, it's going to go to $4,000. Now, if your limit is $3,000 and you're struggling, paying for everything, just the food and the cleaning help, and it goes to $4,000, you feel a man that can't, that has a hard time paying the bills, this is just the way it is, feels worthless. Has a, not that they have a low self-esteem, it will knock them down. What's my job? My job is to be able to support my family. It comes a yotiv. I can't even give them the money. So imagine a family, they struggle to pay for a Shabbos meal, a yantiv meal. Pesach is is triple, those regular, quadruple, regular yotivim between the matzahs and the wine, and there are such amazing organizations that help make it more effective and cost effective. But it's still so much going on. And therefore, what I'd like us to recognize for the wives are, when the husband says he doesn't have, or you're asking, I wonder if you could ask it in a kinder way, because you might not mean it, and you might be stressed, and i got to go to the grocery and we sell the bill, how am I going to make it? Just understanding that when the husband hears that, even if he's got a lot, but you're asking us, we'll buy an extra five clothing, extra pairs of shoes, we're already doing it, there's a limit. And when the husband has to say, I'm sorry, We have to stop here. Many husbands will have a hard time, and they will start getting angry. They could get nervous, or they could do it within themselves, keep it within, and they'll start getting stressed. They can have anxiety. They can feel worthless. Not say anything and just be a shmata. And then you're wondering, what's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? And the answer is that we want the balance. We want to be able to more easy.
1: I just want to add about a point that really touch a very, very important point about this, you know, the emotion that we attach to the, I myself as, as, you know, a very collective, uh, person, you know, I like to collect stuff. And I, I found myself that my wife is the opposite. She's the organizer. She's that, you know, and many, Right now, I learned to, le- I learned to basically to, to work with her, and I really salute her, because, you know, she's taking care of all this stuff. If I don't use it, she just throw it away. Uh, one time I was very upset when she throw my, my favorite coat, you know, my bomber jacket, and, and he said, you see, it's not fit you anymore, that's it, <laughs> I gave it away. <laughs> And this, and it's hard. It's uh it's odd. And it's, imagine you would have
0: to do that on your own. Yeah. How hard would it be when you're looking at this bomber jacket uh, and then another one? And then should I throw this? By the time you're done, you maybe did one draw or two draws, but emotionally you're exhausted.
1: Yes, exactly. So I said, I know a lot of people that has this kind of attachment to to papers, newspaper, to all these kind of uh, things, uh, and I'm telling you. It's the best thing to just learn how to give away. You know, I don't want to, to say the word throw away, but give away. You know what?
4: Sure. You know somebody? Give
1: away. They give it, you know, it's it's another family, another somebody, somebody's like this magazine, they like this kind of stuff. Give it away. You know, in the end, we know that it's it's just physical stuff and the emotion that, you know, it not, it's not worth it. And, right. and 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 uh, okay, we we have another question. I would say that uh, maybe we'll take for the phone call first, and then we we go to the other question. Okay.
0: Okay. Great.
1: Okay, we go so to, we uh, to Mrs. Mrs. M. Mrs. M. Hello. Yes.
0: Yes.
3: Okay, so re- I really want to thank you for the discussion you had now. Yeah. About seeing both sides before Pesach really amazing. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Yes. On behalf of somebody, actually. Just tell me if you can answer it, and if not, it's fine. Right, I'm just and, trying. You know,
0: we usually say we usually can't because I need to ask a question or two, and usually the answer is, oh, I don't know this or I don't know that.
3: Okay, so or, I, I actually know a little bit of sure. background.
0: Great, so let's hear the question first.
3: Okay, so. It's like more like theoretical, but if you're gonna like say you want specific, I can tell you. Um, is there a way like to prevent mental illness from younger children that are that have a fam that their family has a history of mental illness?
0: Well, there's a huge machleikus regarding this, but the answer is very likely. Yeah, that like, means if there's a genetic component, we've given several examples. Let's say mental illness part of it is. About um, the environment that you're raised. That means if you're raised in an environment where everyone yells and screams and you're knocked down, then what do you think will happen to this child? When they're getting older, whatever they do is wrong, everything is bad, and everything is mean. And everything they do is wrong. How do you think this child will be raised?
3: Of course. Yeah, of course, a of course. Wow. Low self-esteem. So now,
0: how and, would you prevent mental illness? So would you be surprised if this kid would be depressed? Would you be surprised if this kid has an anxiety, develops anxiety? Would you be surprised if this kid develops other more severe diagnosis later on?
3: Of course not.
0: Great. So how would you say then we can avoid mental disorder if it's that way?
3: Um, for parents, it would be beneficial if they go for therapy, of course, if they change uh-huh. themselves. That's all. And I just aunt, wondering. Some I aunt expect. and
1: some, whether some aunt, some parents, grandparents can help it, you know, giving um, a positive, uh, feedback to the, to the, the boy, or the, or to the child. And, uh, you know, I would say this is that the, the environment should just change the environment because sometimes, yes, you have, unfortunately you have some parents that cannot be controlled or cannot be taking, you know, care about themselves. So this is the job of the, you know, the sibling and the parents, or uh, the the grandparents, stuff like this, you know. And uh, as Reb Mother has said, it's maybe, they're talking about genetic, but the environment is is a big, big, huge part of it.
3: Yeah, but yeah. I was more wondering about, like, teachers.
0: Okay, so you see, I have no idea what you're talking about teachers. I didn't hear the word teachers. So what's your question about teachers now?
3: No, like, like... If, if the family can do anything, like what can a teacher do?
0: I don't even understand what those words mean. Give me. Watch, I'm going to ask you a question. How do you make a child? And the next thing I hear, no, 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 I'm talking about when the neighbors come to make a child. And I'm talking, okay. the parents can't do I have no idea what you're referring to now.
1: Uh, Mother, I think I understood something. I, I just, I'm I think, I think that the, it's a point of view of a teacher that saw a kid that is, as is, is, is parents, not uh, function the right way. And basically, I would say that, unfortunately, it tagged the, bo- the 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 child as a little bit already uh, with with a genetic problem. I think I think that here here in our in our society, the teacher has a huge huge role here. And to see this kind of kids or child that need this, you know, love and caring, and this is, can save a life. Uh, You're
3: actually right on target.
0: Oh, so I have actually no idea what you guys are referring to. I'm I'm amazed by your understanding, and I, I really need more information for me to see it.
3: Okay, so what actually happened is that person that asked me to ask a question, she had a student that comes from a family of mental illness, of, like, personality disorder type, and she has an older sibling that... Like, after getting married, she developed um, some kind of mental illness, like, psychotic. and, And she's already seeing that the student has, like, some symptoms that are, like, really, like, she's really thinking that she might get it when she's older. But there's nothing, like, that she can do about the parents because the parents are not, like, are not changing. So she was, like, wondering, like, what's her part? Like, what can she do?
0: Um, I think you're, I, again, you're using words of, let's say, psychosis that the environment can bring on, but it's also could be a genetic, but it could be some other stuff. And mm-hmm. that's a lot more out of the league that we can answer here. Like this teacher would need a lot of guidance, but I'm mm-hmm. going to ask a question ahead of time. Is that teacher willing to practically adopt this girl, speak to oh, this girl, God. have this girl come? Have this Almost. girl come to her for Shabbos meals. Is she willing to talk to her every day and give her chizuk?
3: Almost. Is yeah, she, I think will- she would.
0: Great. And that's the way she can start. The way you wow. start is doing that. Let her speak to her every day. Let the teacher call her at home. How are you? How was your day? Or ask her to call her at the end of the day and just call her for 15, 20 minutes. Did you study? Did you understand the work? How are you doing? Invite her for a Shabbos.
3: Wow, she actually had two of them over already at her house, so I know she would really be be willing to do something.
0: Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot that she can do.
1: That's that's really at salat and at and I think that this is a big role on 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 a teacher's sides, on any, any rabbis, morah, whatever. Just when you see this, you just can save a huge life, and you know, direct also to to some to the therapist in the school. It's possible.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very, very important. It's 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 amazing to see the teacher caring and uh, willing to take uh, a responsibility on other kids. Yep, and let al- just go ahead
0: and read another message from this that you just sent me. It's like, yeah. it's sad to see that people do not know what's going on behind many people's closed doors. So here's another message. My sister is going through this in my parents' home, sort of just what you're saying. My father yells at her for every move that she does. She made some serious bad comments about what she plans on doing with her life. So people should appreciate and care for her. I wish to be able to help. And the answer is if you're healthy and if you're married, start having your siblings over in your life. Get your husband or your wife's okay. And realize you guys are going to be surrogate parents. You're going to have them hang around you. And your parents might even resent that. Why is everyone going there? And if you dare tell the parents because they're healthier, then unfortunately they might not let the kids, or they'll start resenting you and being upset at you.
1: Give positive, positive, give a smile, give, what do you call it, we say, practice joy. Right. Practice joy, practice confidence. Just show the kids that it's possible to be happy. It's possible to be a normal, you know, this is something that's very important. You know, I, I'm crying in myself to to hear this kind of question. I'm telling you, I see it every day. And it's so amazing to see that unfortunately we're in a society that's running away, you know, that's pressure and yelling and the kids don't understand what, what's going around here. And then we wonder why this off the derech and why it is going here and the suicide and drugs. I'm so, you know, it's something that we have to take care of responsibility about it.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually love your answer. I think she's going to love it too.
0: Yeah, but just be aware that the more they get involved, many times these unhealthy people can sometimes either dump on them, which means they can let's say dump, take care of this and that, and make sure you tell them to do this and that. We have that as a difficult part when we're therapists, especially when we get teenagers. And many times we can have, not many times, but sometimes we have real dysfunctional parents. And instead of thanking us that we are working on the kid or we're starting to make results, why was he chutzpahedic to me? And why, was she, why didn't she help when I called up? And like, whoa, you've got completely different expectations that we have. We have him or her to feel happy. We have him or her to have friends and to be able to connect to people and work through the shame that they feel they can't bring anyone home. We work on teaching them that they could be calm and feel they're of value, even if the house is shouting. We are not working on what you want to see that the kids should listen to you, then we need you to come into therapy, and then we can start having healthy expectations on kids or on teenagers. And they usually will slam down the phone on us and tell us, oh, you just want to make money off us. We've had something like that pretty recently, and it's very sad. So be aware that when you start helping out, that mother or father or both will start calling you up expecting you to heal all their issues that they have, all their problems that they have with their child. And what will happen is anything they do wrong now will be your fault. So if the kid develops a little bit of a self-esteem and starts telling the parents, you know, when there's so much shouting going on, disturbs me. Or I think about it during school days, it's hard. Can we calm things down? Or can I sleep in another place right away? Oh, the therapist is alienating my kids from us. The therapist is pulling us away. The therapist is teaching our kid to be chutzpahedegged. And these are many times the pains what you have when you're dealing with really complicated people or people with personality disorder. They have a way of shifting and blaming and making up stuff that never even happened in your name.
1: It's everybody's fault beside us.
0: That's and I, right. And
1: I'm telling you, I had a, a case like this that the parents blame all the, the, the rabbinim and the that they took the kids from them. And I tell, I, I, because I know the case, and I told them, you know, they took, they they saved the kids from you. They saved because you remember. And I'm telling you this case that they approached me. You remember that when you called me, that you that that, that, that one of the spouse yelling and beating the kids. You called me to save them, and to save the kid. And now you said that we, the rabbis and everybody, just took the kids from you. You have to thank everybody caring about it. And I'm telling you that that uh, you touch a very big point, you know, that very um, point that really, as I know, when we're dealing with a with a tibur, with the public, when it's when somebody spit on your face, you said it's raining, and yeah. this is a big big lesson to all of us.
0: Exactly. So let's just understand this and recognizes that there can be almost no greater schuss of what she will do by taking these kids, giving these kids. And There's always a, share, a story that I share when we do the teacher's training workshop, and that is that there was a parents that were very dysfunctional. They had many, many children, and a client came to us to do therapy, and let's say she was above the age of 40. And she was so successful in life. In fact, she became a Means I don't want to say if she's a principal or a teacher, but she was in the chenoch field, and she gave so much heart and love to the children, to the students that she had. And she was even working on the trauma and were healing it. And at some point during the process, I was asking, I must hear the power. What is the secret that you are so healthy? And she says, well, actually, every other sibling that I have is not, has difficulties in their marriages because they are difficult people, is depressed, or will have one of those diagnoses. The secret was when they were, and I'm changing, but between fourth and sixth grade, They had a teacher and a principal that the sort of the teacher told the principal, and the principal says, oh, I live next to them. I know what's going on. This kid is being completely neglected. So we're talking about if a teacher is about the age of 40, and this was a couple of years ago, so we're talking about 30-something years ago, when they didn't have the breakfasts, when you walk into school and all those other stuff that we have today. And what would happen is the principal and the teacher made up that this girl they're going to take care of. So what the principal did was asked her, listen, I didn't have lunch yet or breakfast, so can you come like 20 minutes earlier to school than usual, and you'll help me organize my desk and my stuff. So when this girl would come, the principal would say, you know what, I didn't need to have breakfast. Come, I'll both, I'll have a bowl of cereal, you take a bowl of cereal. This way this girl never felt that like they're giving her chesed, giving her food. She had lunch, she had breakfast every day with the principal. And the teacher would make her in charge of different, of different stuff. And she felt cared for. And between the principal and the teacher, they would invite her, come over for Shabbos, help us out, maybe you can help us with this. And then they would, like, get permission, let's say, the Pesach, by day, eat by us, the Suda. And this girl was sort of adopted by these two people. Never did she feel like she was a rachmanis. They always asked her for help so if she could babysit, and they had a benefit from her. And this way, she always felt great, but they did it for her. And this woman is now a highly and very successful person. And yes, she went through difficult times. And yes, the teacher and the principal went through difficult times with the mother because a lot of those stuff would come up. Why is my daughter always by you? Why is she helping you and she's not helping me? Are you talking to her against me and all those stuff? But they saved not only Yiddish and Hashem, but now Mechaneches that has affected hundreds of people. And that's the power of just helping one person. So I want to give you the chizuk that, yes, I've met just many such people, but specifically one such a person. What do you hear from this?
3: That there's a lot of power to it, but you also have to be aware that you might get, like, the opposite, not the appreciation, but them getting angry at you.
0: Yes. And the tzachar is huge. And as yeah. we know, lift on based on the Tsar, agra is the reward. Yeah. Yes.
3: I think that's really helpful. Yes. Wow. And Thank I you think so if much.
0: you have the strength to do it, do it. You're saving a yiddish neshamah. You are building doirus. That is the koyach of a teacher, of a machanoch or machanechas. But you still mm-hmm. have to know that you're getting into something that can be
4: difficult.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that awareness.
1: Okay, you're you. welcome. Thank you very thank you. much. It's a really great question.
0: Yeah, don't we have such amazing teachers yes. and rabbayim that do care?
1: You know, I want to tell you without, just you know you know Putin's story. You know the the prime minister the, of Russia. Yeah. You know the story.
0: No, let so, me hear please. So
1: the, he, his his parents was really drunk and don't care about nothing, and the only one that saved him and he is admitted. He wrote it in as a is a Jewish teacher that gave him the confidence to keep and to to be what is now, and uh the story that. He followed her up to Israel, and he purchased for her. Ah, and, uh, I remember seeing that he bought a
0: property. I didn't know why. I never yes. understood it. I just saw that he bought a teacher uh, a property in Israel. Yes, yes.
1: and Two the, of them. now, and recently, the, the teacher the, the teacher passed away, and it's go back to the Russian embassy to the to the property of the Russian. Uh, uh, yeah, government. I heard.
0: I heard that he was sort of like he bought a property and then now made value. He
1: gave it to a teacher. I never understood the story behind yes. the story. I just saw the
0: article. I didn't know what that
1: meant. And every time that he spoke about this teacher, and I saw interview with him about it, he had the tears in his eyes. He was 11 years old that when she, she took care of him, you know, and basically raised him. Wow. And this is shows us, you know, I'm a little bit... I want to ask some questions that I, somebody... We have a few callers online, and mm-hmm. but the question is, was like, uh, a lady call about your book about the uh, and she basically diagnosed or find herself as as a wind, very optimistic uh, lady. And after she gave a birth, she gave a birth, she feel a little bit sad, but she's still very very uh, happy. So she's ask if it's possible to be one side is sad sometimes happy, you know
0: must be that way. If you're human, you're going to be happy, you're going to be sad. That's called human. Exactly.
1: That's what I told her. But, okay, I want you to hear from the order of the book.
0: Yeah, so let's just understand this. Wind are dreamers. But what happens when you're slept down to reality? What happens if your dream's not working out? What happens when you needed to do something now? You're going to feel pressured. What happens when bills start coming in and you didn't really take care of it? You didn't prepare them. You're gonna feel stressed. It's called human. The concept is what stresses us? What are the triggers when we're stressed? What are we going to do? That's where our nature comes in. Stress. Stress is part of living. That's the sign that you're alive. That means we're growing. That means we're we're doing something new. If there's no stress, the person's not alive. Or on very high certain medications, that they're just numb.
1: And I would say that uh, especially after give a birth, you know, and you have a baby on your hand, and suddenly you have just a little bit different perspective on life. Yes, it could be said. It's very normal. And very little bit worried about it. Exactly. But, so, we'll go to Mrs. K. Okay, right now okay. we we lost a Mrs. To uh, S. S. Okay, Okay, so we'll, we're we going to Mrs. K. Going to Mrs. K. Hello, Mrs. K.
5: Yes, hi. Yes, thank you for holding. Thank you so much for having me on air. I really benefit from your line, and I read your book many times over.
0: Wow. I really, really great. enjoyed it. What a yeah. source! Thank you.
5: It has a lot of vital information that's needed in today's days. Thank you. Sure, what my is pleasure. Good? Yeah. Um, so my question is like this. I'm a teenager now in high school, and I know have that... Do
0: you permission to call? Yes, yes, I asked. Great. Okay, thank
5: you. Um, so, yeah, sure. Um, so I know we're going through a lot of turbulence, and as teenagers we face a lot of difficulties and things. And my question is how we know when we're confident that we're developing the healthy train of thought, yeah, We're sometimes exposed to things that are different than our community, family, school. And when can a teenager be sure that she's thinking the right things and she's aiming for the right future?
0: Very simple. And this is what adults do. We have people who we speak to. That means I have someone that I review many cases that I'm stuck with. In fact, since we have the center, the last two and a half years, I do that. I have a manager. As a manager, sometimes we speak to two, three other people who get me in touch. I have an accountant for accounting issues and stuff like that. Right.
5: Yeah, but it's
0: talking about my I'm not hearing you. I'm sorry. You got distant.
5: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking about my future, about my life.
0: Again, you're getting distant. I'm sorry. You're getting distant again. Now better? Yes. You start talking and then either you turn your head or you have a phone or you're on speaker or something else is happening.
5: Okay. I'm sorry. Um, So I said that we're talking about my future and my life. It's not really technical things.
0: I'm not understanding. That's too vague to me. What does that mean, the future of your life? What decision will you make as a teenager that will affect the future of your life?
5: how I'm shaping my personality, molding my... Oh, that will trim. change
0: throughout your life. No, that's again yeah, where but you need right an adult. Now. That's where you need an adult. You see, right now you're looking at it like, oh, such a big deal, that's where an adult will reassure you. That's right.
5: you're 100% correct. Yes, but you that's said that you have people that... You said you have people that you talk to and you ask questions about. Sure, I do the same thing, yes. Yeah, right, I know, but I'm talking like we're getting, we're being shaped now.
0: I I don't understand. Do you realize what you've asked three times, twice, and I've responded twice? Your question no. was, you're being molded. It's very important right now, correct? And my So how do you do you get it right? And my response to you is to connect to an adult because your personality is going to change many times. So then you ask, but right now we're being shaped. And I'm telling <laughs> you, you have your whole life to Merit Hashem, to get shaped and connect to an adult. That's what adults do. Adults speak to other adults, and you're in an yeah. you need to speak to other adults. Now, which part wasn't clear? Which part do you feel um, I didn't get?
5: The part that I feel maybe later on in life, um, I'm going to be much more um, exposed to many different things. But I'm talking about now that we're so undeveloped and so unripe. And
0: therefore?
5: Therefore, how you, many you, things.
0: Everyone started in your stage. Every I human know. was like you.
1: Welcome to the teenage world.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone was once a teenager. In order to get through adulthood, you got to go through teenagehood.
1: Yeah, but
5: sometimes teenagers wonder and want to know when when they're having a healthy train of thought and why, what is good for yeah. them.
0: Now, how can you learn that without learning it?
5: Yeah, should I ask you an adult every time without I, learning. I'm it about you something? learn it is
0: through an adult.
5: So I need to ask an adult every time I, I want to... Make sure something is right, the extreme
0: or... again as a teenager. Every time no what you will learn as a teenager and when you learn these you're gonna learn it as a an adult is the big questions you ask, you get the aside, and then you can do it on your own. So there was recently where I had a question. Where I had to ask a certain Rav about a HaShav, question. And the Rav explained to me, these are the Yisaitis. So if this and this happens, you could do it. Or this and this like this, you don't do it. And this like this, is if it's an emergency, you can do it like this. So he told me, yeah. you don't have to call me for any one of these five, six questions. They teach you the Yisaitis. And that's what adults yeah. do. So when you start having a question, oh, I'll make this mistake. It's going to affect the rest of my life. And the adult might tell you. It's
5: okay. hmm Right. I understand that we're very not strong in our foundation.
0: Again, you're breaking up. On the, now it's completely silent, so I don't hear you again. I'm
5: sorry. I said I, I totally understand. I get it. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
5: That I understand that we're very not um, strong in our foundation, so that's why we need to get our research. straight.
0: That's right. Excellent.
5: Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that—that a teenager should say that, right? Which part? That acknowledging the turbulence and what we're going through. Oh, it's
0: so nice to hear. That's really—that's really amazing that you're so aware of that. Definitely, definitely, very, very special.
5: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome.
1: Okay. Well, t- I think, uh, uh, Mother, I we take the last caller, please? Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, certainly. Let's go okay. to Mrs. S, because we also have the yes.
1: programs after. Yes. That,
0: uh, what's his name? DJ Yehudo. Or, DJ
1: Neria. Uh, DJ Neria. Yeah. Yeah. DJ Neria,
0: yes. So let's go ahead and go mm. to Mrs. S.
1: Hello?
4: Yes, hi.
0: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, hello. Yes.
4: Hi. Okay, thank you so much for your line. I really enjoy it. I I have a comment on a question,
0: uh, not related.
4: Um, First I just wanted to say a comment about, we always talk about black and white thinking. Yes. So I was just noticing, I was trying to order something on Amazon and on the readings you see almost everyone put in like either one star or five stars. You see how so many people look at it like it's either it's amazing or it's like not good at all. So it's yeah. just funny to see how, like, so many people just think in terms of, like, either good or bad. I was, like, getting so confused. if Is it good or is it not? But it's just interesting to see how people's Great. perception are like that. Um, so that Let me also share with
0: you an interesting concept. As a supervisor, when I need to rate... Uh, social workers or uh, mental health counselors, let's say, experience how they did, it is interesting. You rate them from one to five. There are probably about 400 questions that I have to rate each therapist each semester. So it's done twice during a semester, during a supervision. At mm-hmm. the beginning of the term, at the end of the term, so I do this about four times. Actually, I think it's twice a year or four times a year. But there, the numbers go from one to five. One is like a failure. Five means beyond exception. And then four is where they really want us, means appropriate for their stage. And when we take the training on how to be a supervisor, they tell us if someone, if you write a five, Five is deserved for, for therapists, licensed therapists, usually a couple of years. So that's how they give it to us. And it's interesting how they don't want us to give amazings, only when it's amazing, but they told us we'd like to see, you know, as it is, but for the person to pass, we'd like to have about 80% of fours, between the threes and fours. So mm-hmm. I'm sharing with you, it's interesting how in the social work field, they don't want you to do five, five stars.
4: Mhm. Okay. Um so I also have a question.
0: Yes, go ahead. Thank you for okay. that.
4: So yeah. yeah. So my question is, um, I was just wondering if you know what a twitch I mean not what it is, but when someone gets a twitch, like why does it happen sometimes it happens like in times when like they're going through like something, an emotional change or You know, and some children, like, develop a twitch. Like, do you know what it is? And, like, when you ask them what they're doing, they have no idea. It is very complicated
0: when it comes to a kid because many times it could be stress, many times it could be a biological, just a twitch. Could be stress, could be a copy of an adult, of a parent that had a different type of twitch or something like that. It's very complicated when it comes to a kid without knowing really the background and things like that.
4: When it happens, like particularly in a time when a kid is switching over, like starting a new school year or starting a new day camp or something like that, what would be the reason for a child developing a twitch? What's the connection the twitch in between twitch? In
0: some of the concepts are they're under stress and the mind's not acknowledging it or the parents are not able to acknowledge it for the children. And the twitch is the way the body is expressing that my mind is under stress. So the body, there's a cycle. There's a psychomatic connection between the brain and the body, and that's what it means. So, if we're not taking care of our body
4: mm-hmm.
0: or our mind, then our body will speak volumes. Speak volumes. So, does that make sense? Um,
4: sort of. So. What, like, that's, that's like, the way of, like, giving it, off, giving it out, sort of, like...
0: Yes, that is the way that... Well, let's understand. Let's see a mind and body is connected. Let me give you an example. Let's see the car is connected right to the ground, to the earth. So mm-hmm. let's see there's a hole in the ground. Now the car went over it. Does it make sense the whole car will shake, even though it was just the tires that went over it? Yeah. Why? But it's just the tires that hit that hole.
4: <laughs> it's connected, isn't it?
0: That's right. So the same thing is the same way. The brain is connected to the body. If the brain is under stress, the body will can also be affected. Mhm. Okay. That's it. That's simple.
4: Very interesting. Okay. Thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome thank
1: you, What do you want to say about that? I, I tell you, I was total out of the the question, okay. and I'm sorry. Just uh, with so many things around it and in the studio running, yeah, so sure, no problem, Great. So I I would say thank to thank you, Ramo Dechai, and thank uh, we yes. we just right now going to uh, be uh, with uh, DJ Anaria Cohen. And uh, we until ten o'clock we saw by uh it's a greenfield, Shlombait. Yes. So And
0: uh, everyone listening, it's on Brooklyn the Radio, nine thirty AM,
1: nine three zero AM. And no and uh, not, uh, not anymore. Uh we're oh, working okay on dinner, uh, we're okay. working on a new stage working on a new stuff. Okay, Be'ez Hashem, Be'ez very good.
0: thank
1: you. Yes, uh, good night. <laughs> Atzalcha, <laughs> good night. good night.